Welcome to the Video Gamer Podcast, episode 256. My name is Colin Mahern, and with me this week, he has a responsibility to protect your information, and if he can't, he doesn't deserve it. It's Mike Harridance. All right, guys, how's it going? And we're investigating how she had access to large amounts of data before we fix this. It's Alice Bell. Hello. Alice, why, why have you, how, how did you have access to our, our data? How did this happen? Is this is this Facebook? Uh, you're so good at this game. <laughs> really keep up on current events. I do, don't I? What? Oh my gosh, an adult. Do you know how I mostly keep up with current events though? It's a sad thing. Facebook. There is, so there's a Facebook group called Do You Know Who Eric Hitchmo Is? Which is dedicated to pairing really obscure quotes from the UK office with uh, images of current events happening. And so I will see something in that group that they pick up on and post loads of things about. And then I'll go, oh, something's happened in cricket, for example. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I have to look up and, then, and then find out that, yeah, the Australians cheated. And oh. now, and because I was looking all that up, I now know that there are really strict rules about what you can and cannot do to a cricket ball for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, really strict. Uh, Can't spit on it if you're chewing gum. Uh, there are rules as well with data protection. Um, oh yes, those are quite serious, aren't they? Uh, <laughs> and Facebook was well. Facebook was uh, it wasn't directly breaking these rules, was it? It it was the fact that Cambridge Analytica was yeah. was on Facebook and people were using it. So it's like the um, do you know? I don't know. Does it still do it? I'm guessing it does. When you try to start an app or whatever it is on Facebook and it's like mm. do you want us to have access to everything yeah, you, yeah, we yeah. about you and it's like yeah yeah go on because we like, forget there's yeah. loads of like targeted stuff all the time it's like if if you google one thing once you will then get like ads for that thing forever mm-hmm. for the rest of your life like yeah, yeah. I made a joke tweet about gout once because like t- one of the, the singer from fucking Keen or something had gout or something mm-hmm. from like drinking too much port. I can't remember. And then I just got targeted ads about gout for fucking ages. It's weird. How's the gout? Do you want to fix it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I get this, this whole thing of like, it, they didn't technically break the law, but should what they did be illegal? And like, is it? And all this kind of shit. And like, you know. Mm. But anyway, my life is very boring, so... I don't know why anyone would want to know what I get up to anyway. Would anyone like to know what you get up to, Mike? Would it would it be of of uh, benefit for people to, uh, or for for f- Facebook or I don't know whoever whoever has your information? No, because no doubt people have your information because they have mine, they have Alice's, they have everyone's. Would, um, it, would it benefit them in any way? Uh, my life is just pretty much well, Jim. That's pretty much it. Jim and playing games, so not really. <laughs> Good, glad to hear it. <laughs> what a rich <laughs> cultural life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. On to the news this week, and thank the Lord Almighty, we are getting an open world Star Wars game. Maybe, perhaps, who knows? Well, I suppose it is kind of confirmed, actually, isn't it? Yeah. So, Electronic Arts Vancouver, otherwise known as EA Canada, they, on their website, had a job listing for uh, a lead online engineer. And the listing said that the the prospective applicants must have experience in implementing online features such as matchmaking, asynchronous interactions, live services, server host migration, 
etc. It also mentions an open world. Uh, yeah, it's for for a Star Wars open world project. Mm. This thing. Th- this yeah. is like when the visceral closure happened. Mm-hmm. They at the time said that. EA Canada would be taking over um, the the responsibilities of it. Yeah, they carry um, on with the project, yeah. Well, I find this really weird because, like, this is the developer behind FIFA, NHL, uh, what is it? Like, they're, they're the EA Sports developer almost, or one of the EA Sports developers. Good point. And they're, they're being tasked here with doing an open-world Star Wars game. It's a weird one. I, I wonder how much it'll be like an MMO, like... I don't know because this has online features. They they try that with um, Star Wars: The Old Republic. It was quite funny because I saw this um, being posted around social media and stuff, and just all the comments and replies are all, all like, "Please, Disney, take Star Wars off EA. They've ruined it." Mm. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know, man. Although I do, one of my favorite things is when stuff like this is revealed through job postings, because Rock Rocksteady hired a shitload of people. Uh, it's early this year or late last year, and I was disappointed because none of it said like must have five years experience with cape physics or anything. It was literally just they yeah. were just cl- they were just clever about it. It was just like this is what no know how to model yeah. a uh, superheroes. <laughs> yeah, a man in like, knowledge right. of flying yeah. mammals required. But that, <laughs> that's why this is I don't know. This is fairly overt. Like it just says outright. Um, yeah. I, what What would interest you, Mike? A, a Star Wars. MMO or Star Wars GTA? Like, I mean, we we were, yeah, as you said, though, we've had the Star Wars MMO. It can be that. So I'm thinking this is a, a, yeah, a, a big, just open world an game. An open world Star Wars game, a la kind of like you said, a GTA, you know, where you can just go about, you're free to roam around, pick up missions within that universe. I think that would be pretty cool. I mean, that appeals to me. I'm a big Star Wars nerd. I mean, I'm into all that kind of stuff. So. That seems quite interesting. I mean, if this is like, obviously, if this is like the the visceral, obviously visceral games were developing that, uh, they were working on a single player Star Wars game with a- Amy Hennig, I think, weren't they? And they mm-hmm. obviously that, that was shut down, but they're kind of like, I think they said they were going to reboot it or something and they were going to like implement, like change the direction of it or something. Yeah. So I don't know if this, this might be it or not. I mean, it's probably a lot of assets. They could just, just you know, control C, control V lightsaber. Yeah. You know, yeah, 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 probably, yeah, definitely. In all, in all likelihood, what would you want to see from a Star Wars open world game? Uh, I want... Do you do you want a Star Wars open world game? I think it would be pretty cool, uh, and it's. I mean, Disney would be daft to not capitalize on the the new hype around new Star Wars. But I I just want them to reboot the old universe and bring back fucking Kyle Katarn and shit and like all the Kotor stuff, because then it's not going to be better than that. So. <laughs> <laughs> just remastered nice of the old republic lads but they're oh, also yeah. they're also on a hiding to nothing though aren't they because of battlefront 2 yeah like the next star wars game whether it's this one respawn are doing star wars games as well aren't they i'm fairly sure yes. that that's been confirmed yeah yep. what whatever the next star wars game big star wars pc and console release whatever that is it's it's going to have to be brilliant yeah. to even be considered it's, good it's this the thing like if it's if it's by ea People are going to be rooting for it to fail. Uh, like we were talking at the weekend, like about Sea of Thieves. People want Rare to succeed. Mm-hmm. With EA, people just want EA to fail. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's there the there's no goodwill from the start. Uh, there is goodwill, however, for Ninja Theory. I think a lot of people quite enjoy them as a developer. 
And uh, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice is making its way to the Xbox One, which is pretty good. That's uh, pleasant to see. Yeah, we both enjoyed that. Yep. Nice. Uh, thought it was a terrific little game. Uh, God of War has gone gold. Rejoice, Mike Harridans. Um <laughs> Corey Barlog uh, mentioned on the PlayStation blog that uh, the development process was made up of long and exhausting, or was long and exhausting, and uh, had many laughs, arguments, and a healthy dose of fear. With a side of dose as well. Yeah, it sounds like any kind of like game development cycle, I'd imagine. Especially one of that kind of magnitude. I mean, big-ass game project. Mm-hmm. So it's been in development for, what, four years, probably? Or maybe longer? Five. Uh, five. Well, wow. he, he said he'd been on it for five. Oh, yeah. well, there we go, yeah. And Garagoa. Garagoa? Garagoa. Garagoa. He's coming to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. How does this work, Alice Bell? Because this is surely yeah. a game that's fairly... Like the interface, the touchscreen interface. Although it did come to PC, I suppose. It did come to PC. I can. I think it worked for me. It worked best with the touchscreen because it was very interactive and just very nice. But it's a very lovely game. And uh, did you play it in the end? Because I know I was on it. You going play? It really look. It's really good. Uh, I I started it because it came out around Christmas, didn't it? I started uh, yeah. it and then I don't know Christmas happened and I just totally forgot about it, which is a bit upsetting because I don't it. think it's even short. I don't think it's even <laughs> long. It's like an hour or yeah, something. Is it? Hours, like a couple yeah, of hours. So I, I pro- probably should get around to playing that. I, I don't know. You know, it's it's uh, much lauded, much celebrated um, video game by by the masses. So a developer, a publisher. <laughs> Again, I caught myself. I wasn't ready, Alice Bell. A publisher. Um, I'm just not going to comment on them anymore. I'm not going to do anything. I know Rich helps you. I'm not going to help he does. you. You can fucking drown. Alice, he's a nice, he's a nice boy, you know. Uh, a, a publisher <laughs> with many, many video games lauded by the general public and some that aren't is Ubisoft. And look, oh, brilliant. They're not being taken over by evil multimedia entertainment group Mo-ha-ha. Vivendi. So Vivendi, who are uh, just yeah, kind of a, a big entertainment group, um, the owners of Universal Music and Daily Motion, they were, well, they seemed like they were looking, getting primed for a takeover of Ubisoft. The family-owned, a very small corner Indie shop. Indie family company, yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> corner yeah shop. Ubisoft. And uh, they haven't. Um, Tencent, who uh, you'll know for their involvement in PUBG, uh, they have bought shares and the Ontario Teachers Pension Plan has also bought shares in Ubisoft, uh, which is just ludicrous. Uh, and okay. there was another name that I can't see here now as well. But regardless, Vendi has sold off all its shares and I mean, it's, it's, it's made its money back and then some. Uh, originally, they bought the shares for $919 million and sold them for $2.5 million. So that's not too shabby Hang on. Um, in this thing. 990 yeah. million is more than 2.5. Or, or <laughs> 2.5 billion, sorry. <laughs> that that makes sense. Uh, like this is something that was obviously hanging over their heads. Like you could even see over past E3 press conferences, especially recently, mm. UB boss Yves Gamow was on stage and it was a real push for like, I don't know, almost treating UB it, like, like a family. Whole, like believe thing. Yeah. Do you remember that? It is yeah. weird because it, it was sort of like, yeah, there was this, I remember talking to people about it saying like, it's this real feeling of like, damn the man, save Ubisoft, but Ubisoft is also a massive company. So it's like almost making this like huge corporate thing like feel like 
yeah, like an independent music store or something. <laughs> yeah, corner uh, shop. <laughs> but I like, I I mean, I'm pleased. Eve seems like a nice, nice little fella, you know. He's well, a decent chap. Well, like, like the the thing is that we don't know what, like, you know, ifs and buts. We don't know what would have happened if Vivendi had taken him over. What that how games may have changed or whatever, Mike. But like yeah. at, at this point, I think you we have a lot of goodwill from the general public with what they have been releasing over the past couple of years. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so, definitely. I mean, Assassin's Creed um, Origins, that was pretty much, you know, that was probably one of the best Assassin's Creed in God knows how many years. Obviously, you've got Far Cry 5 coming out, which has got some really good reviews. And no, I think I think they're in a good place. It's certainly, as we were saying, like, it's not as if they're like, the, the kind of public perception is kind of like EA style, you know. it's They're certainly... They're certainly up there in the plus column. <laughs> uh, in the moment, I think if this this had all happened like around maybe like Assassin's Creed Unity, nobody would have given a shit. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely it's definitely shifted in the last few years. They've, yeah, <laughs> just been a lot of memes. Yeah, but I do. You know, fair play. I suppose I just like capitalism's mad, isn't it? Mm. Like you could start a company yep. and have to sell it even though he didn't want to I don't know what's going on with shares lads issued a statement saying quote the evolution in our shareholding is great news for Ubisoft it was made possible thanks to the outstanding execution of our strategy and the decisive support of Ubisoft talents uh, players and shareholders the investment from new long term shareholders in Ubisoft demonstrates their trust in our future value creation potential Uh, the new strategic partnership agreement we signed will enable Ubisoft to accelerate its development in China in the coming years and fully leverage a market with great potential, which is obviously very important as well in this deal. That, like, there's a big entryway for them now to grab a hold or at least a part of that really lucrative Chinese market that a lot of more Western-focused uh, publishers find hard to crack. Mm. Because they're yeah. generally speaking, they're they're looking for something different to what we are. I think Ubisoft. I've said it before, but it's. I think as a company, it's one of the companies that has really grabbed hold of that the games as a service thing and actually done it quite well, or at least well as in benefits them because they've made shitloads of money from like Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, they, I mean. Division did okay. They're doing the yeah. Division Two now. Like they're pumping out DLC for Origins and stuff. So I think they're in a like a good position. Mm-hmm. You know, Switch owners are also in a pretty good position because they are getting a lot of very good games. Games nice. which, to be fair, many of us will have played before. <laughs> like uh, I don't even need to ask. I'm sure the two of you played uh, Mark of the Ninja, which was originally out in 2012, which I find terrifying. <laughs> that game is absolutely brilliant and was my real uh, kind of my clay entertainment awakening. I was just like, this is one of the finest stealth games in the last 10 years. It's exceptional. So look forward to that, Switch players, if you haven't played it. Do you know what else is a good game? Luminous. Do you ever play Luminous? I didn't, know. Wasn't that PSP? Uh, that was PSP, yeah, originally. Oh, God, do you remember PSPs? <laughs> Uh, I know, yeah. yeah. Never had a PSP, so I didn't get to try this. Yeah, nobody out. did. Uh, well, it, it came to PS2 and PS3 and 360 later on, and it's getting remastered for PS4, PC, and Xbox One. Uh, and yeah, I'm sure it'll. I'm sure it'll. Like, it has a bit of a cult following, so it might sell a couple of copies. It probably won't sell 33 million copies, though, Mike. No, which, which is what The Witcher. <laughs> 
has sold the entire series. Yeah, CD, CD Projekt Red uh, announced during the week. That's impressive. Yeah, that's since um, obviously since the series started in two thousand and seven. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just um, about um, the figure was by the end of last year. So yeah, roughly about in a decade. Yeah, so that's obviously uh, The Witcher three. Um, has sold the most. I mean, I don't think there's actually any exact numbers for that, but that's um, that was a massive success mm-hmm. in terms of like revenue. I think in this, uh, they said that it's like eleven times the amount of revenue generated than The Witcher Two. I think something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy, insanely popular. I didn't think The Witcher Two was that good, but The Witcher Three was on the most platforms, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 The Witcher Two was very good, Alice. Uh, I'll have you know. Didn't rate it. Didn't rate it. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. That might be good. Or it might not. One thing I do know, but I don't actually, is that it won't feature multiplayer. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> During uh, the week, um, Adam Kaczynski, 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 president and CEO of CD Projekt Red, he spoke of the studio's drive to uh, deliver a, quote, huge story-driven role-playing game for a single player, uh, as was the case with The Witcher 3. Now, he was asked about a, um, a multiplayer and it was I think it was a battle royale mode yeah there was, the, yeah he was he was put it was put to him about whether whether the game would like feature a kind of like Fortnite PUBG-esque kind of battle royale mode and he was uh yeah and it's I mean The Witcher obviously they've been obviously they're known for doing the um massive kind of like single player games and stuff so I don't know if anyone would kind of expect them to suddenly turn the table and do that. But I know, obviously, Battle Royale is, like, hugely popular these days, and there's even, like, there's been rumours about, like, loads of other games incorporating it, but I'm not... Yeah, it's it's not... I don't think it's, like... I don't think it's likely they would do that. I mean, he, he seems to indicate that it's pretty much going to be single-player, a big, massive single-player game, which is what you'd expect from them. The only thing is he does say, quote, well, actually, we're considering everything and anything, but as of today, we're not discussing Cyberpunk yet, Uh, The first thing, this is where the Witcher figures also came from. Uh, The first thing we're going to discuss is the immense story-driven roleplay for single player without any micropayments whatsoever, without any hidden things whatsoever, just as was the case with The Witcher 3. So, like, CD Projekt Red have, they've fostered a, a sort of, a persona amongst the video game playing public of like, we are your saviors, you know, like yeah. uh, over recent years with things like buy a game on GOGS, DRM free, just like, yeah, we won't have microtransactions. Those other fuckers do. Don't yeah. worry. Come to us. <laughs> it's we- also, also like the statements they put out as well, but like when they had to, um, uh, slap down that, um, uh, other game that had a similar name to something. And they were like, they put our thing saying like, look, we had to do this. Do you remember that? And they were like, we had to do it. Didn't particularly want to, but we just had to because of this, that, and the other, and the other laws and stuff. Vague recollection. Because they've got this really like open dialogue with the public. Although apparently, the, do you remember the rumours that came out that it was a shitty place to work and that it does crunch like anywhere else? And that was the one time that, yeah, the maybe people were like, hmm, mm. maybe, maybe it's not the land of milk and honey that we, we were, <laughs> yeah, we were always that. kind of led to believe. It doesn't fucking matter anyway. Cyberpunk's not going to be out for fucking years. Do you know what would, I would find very funny is it if came it came out 2077. Mm. We'd be like, that's a fucking, you played the long game, well done, from hospital where I'm lying <laughs> like on a drip or whatever. And still be alive. With the tubes keeping me alive. You would, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, be, like, I'd like to think we will, we will have advanced enough that you wouldn't be on tubes by 2077. 
just like a floating head like in Futurama. What's our life expectancy? It's pretty high, isn't it? But that's the thing with pension. I'm not going to get into pensions admin, but pensions haven't been revised for ages for people's uh, longer life expectancy. So anyway. Maybe you should look into that. Well, they're supposed to, but it's too expensive. So. Things things cost money and a spell, you know, and you just have to roll with the punches. Wait, Dan, where are you going with this? Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Remastered will be sold at a cheaper price tag than it. I suppose you. Uh, what was the what was the remaster that came out there? Call, that was four, wasn't it? Yeah, Call well, of Duty yeah. Four. Yeah, but it's that. I suppose it is at a cost. It's being sold cheaper because there'd be no multiplayer. Yeah. Well, no fucker will buy it then. That's, that's, the most. that's yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, this obviously hasn't been confirmed as of no. yet, but Eurogamer and then um, Call of Duty site yeah. Charlie Intel afterwards, basically the two of them say the game is coming, uh, but yeah, there isn't going to be multiplayer in it. No, uh, twenty software about twenty five dollars. Yeah, uh, Raven Software, who uh, developed uh, Call of Duty Four Remastered, are not involved either. Apparently, find that voice. Mad, just as I did the Tomb Raider remasters. So iOS developer Realtek VR was looking to remaster the first three Tomb Raider games. And uh, yeah, it was going to be all fancy with 4K uh, visuals and lovely shadows. And it was just going to be so beautiful and gorgeous. But then Square Enix said, they, they issued a little statement. Uh, and they said, while we always welcome passion and excitement for the Tomb Raider franchise, the remasters in question were initiated and advertised without seeking approval. As such, they were never Damn. officially sanctioned. So, like, basically, Whoops. what? what this no. Is, this is fucking stupid. It's like, hang on a second. We didn't tell you you could make... But, it, it's, you know, you see that the odd time where someone will run a Kickstarter on uh, bringing Mario to, like, Xbox or some shit yeah. like that, and you're going, no, you're not Nintendo. Yeah. You can't do that. This, well, I, there were loads of like Pokemon little Pokemon projects and shit that people were doing. And then whenever like gaming press would report on it, like here's a cool thing or whatever, it would get shut down by Nintendo. And then people would get mad at the press sites for like, why did you draw attention to it? So like, well, don't like I, I can't like just t- retype up Harry Potter and, and go like, here I've done Harry Potter again mm. in new <laughs> HD type, like. It, yeah, fine. Like you may think it's shitty that you can't do what you want with Pokemon or Tomb Raider, but fuck it, it's lad. not yours. So there's a guy on Reddit who's who he specifically gives people advice, uh, legal advice relating to game stuff, and it's always just don't do it. And people are like, but what if I'm not making money off it? And he's like, you still can't do it. <laughs> Good advice. Just just don't do it because, like, at the end of the day. You're not allowed. You shouldn't be doing it. Just as maybe Bioware shouldn't be doing Dragon Age 4. But I'd love to say that, but I also don't know if they are because nothing has been confirmed. Oh it's, my God. It's still, this game, we don't know if it's being made yet. It's officially not being made yeah, yet. Yeah. It's such a weird. <laughs> but unofficially, they all keep talking about it. So I don't, it's so mad. But basically, uh, former Bioware writer Mike Laidlaw. Uh, he at GDC he was speaking about Dragon Age 4 and what he was planning for the game he mentioned Alice Bell you probably know what mm. some yeah, of this you. means I think are you a Dragon Age man as well Mike um, I've only played Dragon Age, or- Dragon Age Origins so I'm not really they yeah. should do a tie in drink called Dragon Age though shouldn't they Dragon Age <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah he was apparently going to delve a bit more into Solus what's mm-hmm. it? 
So, um, well, this is spoilers, but... Um, oh, well, look, forget it then. Um, well, like, <laughs> Silas was... And uh, Trespasser DLC. Yeah, yeah, so the Trespasser DLC wrapped up uh, Dragon Age Inquisition by revealing what actually a lot of people had worked out uh, beforehand. But uh, Silas was a uh, party member that you could have in your party potential romance option, and then uh, there was a kind of twist in the tale. And uh, everyone is very much, or was very much, expecting that he would be a big part of the next game as well. Uh, it's a weird time though because for Dragon Age 4 because uh, yeah, Laidler left and uh, David Gaeta who had been a big kind of lead big writer. Big DJ, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so now uh, I think it's, it's, if I remember rightly it's kind of led by Patrick Weeks who was the main writer on Solus. Um, so it would be, I know far too much about Dragon Age. Did you know that all Solus's dialogue was written a lot to uh, conform with the meter of uh, the song uh, hallelujah. There has been a huge surge <laughs> in Fortnite searches Fuck you. on Pornhub.com. <laughs> Don't need to link that. Just fucking just railroad. You've it. been on it. Um, this is weird. A, okay, a, a, well, web, so... a website, Pornhub.com, <laughs> uh, has adult videos on it, if you're unaware. And searches for Fortnite have gone up 834%. But, in September of last year. But right, like, there probably were, like, if there were zero searches in September of last year and there were 813, it's in the time since then. Right. Do you know what I mean? But, like, it's not really that surprising. Like, we all know about the Overwatch porn thing, no, right? No, but, but, but it is surprising because tell me, give me a character from Fortnite. You can't, which is why this is just weird. That's like, Something, something without characters. I can't think like, ugh. but like something without characters or a physical representation getting popular, and then like searching for because there is there is no Fortnite has an art style, but it doesn't have you know here is John and Mary, and I know what John and Mary look like, yeah, and I'm going to try and look at porn maybe, that ha- that ha- where actors look like John and Mary. Maybe they want the plot element of it, you know, the kind of. Battle Royale style, you know, all v all. I don't know, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Be a good storyline, actually, yeah. <laughs> we all get our jollies one way or another. Um, yeah. <laughs> As Roger Moore would say. Um, sure. <laughs> and, uh, men are 136% more likely to look at Fortnite porn, about I'm shocked. That is shocking. I wonder how much, like, mm. what, what is the, the split in general? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing. I don't know. I, I was just that was rhetorical. Just asking out loud. Yeah. yeah. The U.S. state with the most searches for Fortnite is Kansas. So it's not a lot going on in Kansas. Maybe yeah, I don't know. I'm sick yeah. of watching The Wizard of Oz over and over. <laughs> uh, and uh, Finland is um, has the highest overall. Again, don't know what it's that not means. Not much going on in Finland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. apparently not. <laughs> But in, in terms of the actual game itself, Tim Sweeney, head man at Epic, he was speaking at GDC this week, and he said that he's expecting the cross-platform play barriers to be broken down. I thought he'd been asked specifically about the porn then for a second. Was gonna be like, we're yeah, expecting, I wonder where we were uh, going. <laughs> we're expecting the searches to only grow as, as the popularity of the game grows over time. Do you know what? I reckon it is probably just loads of people going like for the lulls. Putting it like like they visit Pornhub. All right, I was I was like, like what shows the cross-platform play for the lulls? Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean that too. Yeah, for fun. 
But yeah. I, like it's the sort of thing people do with them. It's, it feels like the sort of thing people do with their mates when they go, this is the good Paul Oak. I don't know, man. He's just... I know like, someone like that, to be fair. Right. Okay. Well, don't. you're not allowed to talk to them anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the cross-platform play stuff, uh, Sweeney said that uh, he thinks it's inevitable that um, eventually the Xbox players will be able to play with PlayStation players. He said, games have become social experiences in the same way that Facebook or Twitter have. And these experience, experiences only really make sense if gamers can communicate with all of their friends. But the issue here is, Tim... That PlayStation don't want to play with anyone else. So. No, Sony is being very stubborn. They're not move, budging on it. I think um, uh, was it uh, was it Minecraft and Rocket League that had yep. cross play with um, obviously the other consoles, but Sony obviously put the kibosh on that for um, PS4 and Xbox One gamers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so unless they budge, <laughs> it's just making Sony look bad at this point. It, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't understand. I mean, surely it's, it's it'd be obviously it'd be good for everyone if they if they. If well, they the, well, the thing is, they don't like Sony wants people in their ecosystem because they yeah. are the leader. Like this yeah. happened. I think we were talking about this when the story was first coming out that like Xbox did similar when 360 was the market leader. So, well, yeah, I remember there. Um, wasn't there? Uh, they like issued a statement on it back with. Uh, uh, when Rocket League came out and it was like all about obviously uh, they're concerned for like user safety or something, oh, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just complete bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it was that was that was the kind of spiel given out then. Yeah. Mm, um, but uh, speaking of the PlayStation, the demo for Yakuza Six is back on the PlayStation Store after it was pulled earlier this month because players were able to play the entirety of the game. But yeah, you can you can get back on and play it. And I think as a little. Make good. They've also added a um, Majima Kiru. What is a team anyway, basically yeah. that you can download. Uh, System Shock is coming out in the first quarter of 2020. Originally, the game had been put on hiatus, but uh, yeah, we now have a date for when it is coming back. Uh, because the CEO of Night Dive Studios, developer behind System Shock, he was speaking to PC Gamer at GDC, and he said that the project wasn't heading in the right direction and they spoke to their Kickstarter backers and, you know, listened to what they had to say and got feedback from them and kind of went forward with the project that way. And Swery's game that involves you turning into a cat once a month is back on after uh, an unsuccessful fig campaign where they were looking for 1.5 million, I think it was, yeah, on... uh, Yeah, 1.5 million in funding. Yikes. (laughs) they are back on Kickstarter looking for 650,000 and the so you're this is the one where you're um, you're a journalist you're a photojournalist so the camera is apparently taking more of a involved role uh, where I think before it was just used for like missions and shit but now you can just use it constantly and the art style has remained that paper craft style but the it maybe looks a little bit nicer but the, the lower figure is because they have gotten investment elsewhere. So, I, I don't know, I, I remember at the time, Alice, you having mild interest in this game. I kind of, because <laughs> it just sounds weird. And there's all this weird stuff. He did, like, mocap of him, like, shearing a sheep. It was all like, you'd be able to do traditional English things, like sheep shearing and stuff. And he was, like, mocapping, shearing a sheep on, like, a toy monkey or something. I can't remember, but it just looked weird. And also I was like, they're asking for a lot of money. So I don't know if it'll ever happen. Second time lucky, maybe? Perhaps. Uh, Or is it first time lucky for us that we're getting a live action TV series based on Street Fighter? Because I I don't think there's been a 
another live action TV series based on Street Fighter? No, but only I'm only interested if they get Carly Minogue back. Uh, probably, <laughs> probably not. Pro- probably unlikely. Yeah. They do have three members of the web series Street Fighter Assassin's Fist involved, though. Yeah. Um, Jacqueline Kayla, Mark Wooding, Joey Ansa. You're a Street Fighter fan, Mike, aren't you? You know, that's kind of. I am a Street Fighter fan. Is that a loaded question? I apologise. I am a Street Fighter fan, but it was never something that I gave my full attention as much as I should have done. Mortal Kombat kind of took over me back in the 90s, but I would still consider myself a fan. And thus interested in this? or Yeah, sure. I mean, if the, they did that web series, didn't they? Which was like um, pretty much the best kind of like adaptation of what they've done with Street Fighter in terms of the various things that they've churned out over the years. So yeah, I mean, it can't be it can't be any worse than the stuff they've done before, surely. So damning with fan praise. So yeah. the <laughs> the T V show will take um not storyline but elements of uh, Street Fighter 2's World Warrior arc. So the four main characters will be Ryu, Ken, Guile and Chun Li and they'll be up against M. Bison. Like <laughs> I I enjoy the the quote from, let me see here, where is it? So, kind of the man behind the project, Mark Gordon. Yeah, E1's um, president, yeah. Uh, he said, Street Fighter is a global tour de force franchise, having garnered immense worldwide commercial success and built a vast devoted fan base that has only grown through its 30-year legacy. Uh, a particular strength of Street Fighter is the wide range of ethnically diverse characters and powerful women featured in the game. It will all. It will allow us to build an inclusive and engaging TV universe. Is it a, an inclusive? Um, I don't know. It's a fighting game. It's not like the the plots are, you know, in depth and powerful. It's just people fucking kicking shit. Yeah, out of just each other. got a reason to beat this guy up or whatever. Yeah. Um. <laughs> like I, I mean, they're powerful women in the sense that like Chun Li can kick you through a wall. I don't necessarily know much about the universe beyond that. However, I did see the Street Fighter movie, which was fucking terrible. So you know, hopefully this will yeah, be better I, than I, that. Yeah, I wouldn't. Um, yeah, don't judge Street Fighter by the movie. <laughs> to what we've been playing this week and I have only just arrived in the door got the flight over from Montana which I'm going to say is in the middle of America I don't know I didn't actually like I I didn't really spend much time looking at an atlas before I arrived there home of Miley Cyrus of course and uh, yeah so because I was playing Far Cry 5 and I loved it. Now, let's, as we did in our review, let's get to the meat of the issue straight away. No. No, it's, it's, it's not the game that you initially, and I, to be fair, thought it was going to be. And in hindsight, maybe foolishly thought it was going to go down, go down the route of making a statement on the current uh, climate of the world. Because it doesn't. It doesn't. Like, there are certain little references to Trump there's a few actually come to think there's probably two or three references to Donald Trump but yeah they're, they're not regular like and and within the first 10 minutes you kind of see that because the cult of Eden's Gate it's not it's not a, a, a white supremacist cult or anything like that like as you're walking into the church you see um, white and black men and like this is it's a it's a band of psychopaths. That's what this is. Like, it's, it's just 
psychopaths craving power and the main guy who thinks he's speaking with our Lord and Saviour. It's a li- that's a little bit disappointing because I I felt like the advertising initially kind of leaned on and implied it was going to kind of be a bunch of white supremacists with the kind of imagery they were using and stuff. But yeah. if it's not that, it's not that. It's not. And initially, yeah, I liked that. I was like, mm, that's okay, right? Okay, I, I, I keep my mind open. Like, you know, review what's in front of you. Don't, you know, rather than what isn't. And... It's great. It's so good. It really is. Like, I think the the Seed family themselves are absolutely terrific. Proper, scary. That's just, that's what, that's what they are. They're just extremist psychopaths who are entirely unhinged. I, I think they're absolutely fantastic. And the game world itself as well, obviously, is just a massive playground uh, wherein you can just fucking blow up the entire setting. It's more Far Cry, right? But it's but it's the most refined Far Cry that like we've come across. But like that's the thing. Like is the it's Far Cry five. Do you like Far Cry? No, you're not gonna like this. Like do you like <laughs> yeah. Far Cry? Yeah, then you're probably gonna like this. That's what it says on the tin. Then. Because this is this is this probably yeah how it plays is probably the best Far Cry. Um it's tighter, it's manic, it's what you want in a Far Cry game. And it's really enjoyable because of that fact. It gives you all these tools to to mess around in Hope County. And also important is that it has taken a lot of the elements from previous Ubisoft games or recently released Ubisoft games like Ghost Recon. I take the, and the best parts of it, like Ghost Recon, Assassin's Creed, uh, just older Far Cry games and created Far Cry 5, which Ubisoft is actually getting very good at doing lately. Like it's getting good at picking bits and pieces from a, different franchises and kind of molding them together. The only issue there is that I hope we don't then run into the issue. Like, because we were, we did have just the Ubisoft, the game. Yeah. Then they got rid of towers and they really looked at every series and kind of built them from the ground up or at least, you know, that's what it seems like. But yeah, I just, you know, there is that worry that will become one again Ubisoft's game TM the the map is much less cluttered than it once was there are only a, a number of key activities that you I suppose need to worry about and do rather than just fucking destroyed in icons and you just don't really know where to look one of those activities is the prepper stashes which is the, the role the towers used to fill effectively wherein you would towers were just kind of platforming puzzles and prepper stashes are now that where you come across a uh, generally by speaking to NPCs or just coming across in the world, uh, you come across stashes of people who see the end of the world is coming, and they have like yeah, ammo, they have perk points, uh, which can then use to level up your character. They have money, and a lot of the time to get to this stash, you have to solve a little environmental puzzle. Uh, it may be like I'm trying to think of one now. Uh, like there was one we were playing it on a live stream last week, and there was one where a guy was speaking about uh, he had something in his underground bunker, but you you have to figure out a way to yeah. get there. And uh, yeah, we kind of had to do that mm. uh, by using a truck and opening the door. I think backing it in, there was a trailer on the hatch door that we then had to lift. I was. They're just really good fun and a, a nice breather from the action. 
Uh, which, to be fair, does never get tired. It's fucking great. Like, it really, really is. But it, the prepper stashes are just a, a lovely addition to that. Uh, as are the side missions, which it, are some levity. Like, it's a... Like, there's one which I can technically talk about now, but I don't even know if I want to ruin it. There's one involving aliens that... Right. Do you know... It was at that point where I, ha- I it was kind of shit or get off the pot and I had to make a decision. I was like, is this, what's going on here? Is this here? good? Yeah, I was like, is this too far? And I was like, no, do you know what? It's not, it's not, it's not too far because it's fun. The thing, the reward I have been given for completing this mission has made my time more enjoyable. And you know what? That's not bad in games sometimes. That along with Joseph Seed, who I think is fucking great. He's just, yeah. again, he's just, he's just a psycho. This really charismatic, well-spoken psychopath who can make you believe these really off-the-wall things he's saying because of how manipulative he is. Well, we were talking about in the, uh, the review chat about how they kind of think they're the good guys, mm-hmm. which is what makes them quite compelling as baddies. Yeah. Uh, and I think you said as well, like, this, and this is the thing that sort of they did in Origins and stuff as well, is that you, you'll you get, like, clues to missions or prepper sessions and stuff by, like, talking to people or just interacting with the world rather than getting all the icons and stuff. Yeah. I like that show, Don't Tell. Yeah, it, it allows you, and I think did Assassin's Creed allow you to turn off individual things in the HUD? Yeah. Because, yeah, the same in Far Cry, you can if you want to. Like, a lot of the activities around, yeah, you just go up to people, NPCs, and they will, I mean, I don't know how they have all this information, but they do. Uh, they can tell you about everything around the area and say, oh, there's a, yeah, you wanna, might want to check out that outpost. I heard some gunfire there the other day. And you're like, oh, it gets added to your little map and then off you go. It's, I love it. I, I think it's the best game since Far Cry 3, uh, the best game in the series. And there's an awful lot of probably, I, I would like to talk about that I can't because it's probably kind of veering a little bit towards spoiler territory. But just a really, really good fun time I had with it. Um, Which is sadly not maybe what could be said about your time with Sea of Thieves, Alice Bell. Well, sometimes I have a fun time with it and sometimes I don't. As is the case with games that heavily rely on making your own fun. Yeah. Because sometimes you'll play with people and they're really boring or shitty. Sometimes you play with people and you have a great time and you do some mad stuff. Uh, But... There's no, I didn't find there's consistency with, well, there's no, the, <laughs> Rare seemed to want it to be like, yeah, everyone's having fun together and like you're on a crew and you're helping each other out and shit. But like, maybe nobody at Rare has ever been online before. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. So you won't always be paired up with nice people and that's just not how the world works. Uh, and then also there's that kind of just casual meanness to other players. Um not, not, it's not like worse than any other online game, certainly, but it's just like that ship's in our way. It's a tiny ship that's just spawned in. There's someone on it by themselves. We'll just sink it because we wanted to park our ship there. But is that, is that not the piratey way? Is that not what a pirate would have done? Well, I guess. Whenever pirates were around five or six years ago? I mean, I maybe, know. but like, I just find it funny that Rez been like, no, everyone will help each other out, apart from, like on their crew and stuff. It's, I mean, I guess it's fine. Steal like, each other's would, treasure, whatever. Would, but yeah, like, what, what's the. Is that not the, the the idea with Sea of Thieves? Is that you you steal each other's well, treasure? Well, that's the other thing. I never really had that many encounters 
and I've been playing it like quite solidly for the past week or so. I've never really had that many encounters with other crews anyway. So you just get this constant loop. Like the the central loop of the game is fun for a bit and then it gets boring because you go to the same islands again and again and it's it's go somewhere, collect a thing, go back to the outpost and sell it. And that'll either be treasure, uh, skeletons that you kill and then collect their skulls or animals that you collect in little crates and then bring back. I mean, there are like it's. Just, it, I think it's got a lot of potential, but right now it's just like it, you're just doing the same thing over and over again, and there's not in there's there's not a consistent level of fun for me. There's like it's not to say there's nothing good about the game because there are some really good things about the game. Like there's loads of nice little rare touches in there. Like if you get a pig, <laughs> pigs will get hungry, uh, and um, you can feed them bananas because if they're hungry, they just make pig noises all the time. Um, the you every pirate has like uh two instruments that they can get out and play whenever and like everyone can play their instruments together together and layer up and like play songs mm-hmm. together and stuff. Cool. Uh, the water is really good, like the sea, which like the best water you've seen in our video game. Important because it's like ninety percent of the map. Yeah. And yeah. the thieves, what do they look like? Uh, yeah, they're good. Um, so, uh, so what's the problem? <laughs> the sea look goes good. The thieves look good. The pigs make noises. I think that it's it's there's loads of nice touches to it, but I, and this is why I think it's going to review all over the place because there will be some people that go on it and have fun whenever they like. They'll be like, whenever I've gone on and played it, I've had fun. It's been great, but that's just not the case for me. And I I think uh, they need to vary core kind of loop of the game so it doesn't just entirely rely on who you meet when you're playing it because if you don't run into anyone else or you're playing with boring people you're just doing a boring thing (laughs) in a really nice environment Mm -hmm. but like I think they need to there's definitely potential but they need to change it also there's no fucking tutorial what so like there's a very very basic like this is how you use the inventory but you have to figure out like pretty everything much everything. Else. And it just says, like, welcome to Sea of Thieves. If you have any problems or want to know anything, like, go to seaofthieves.com forward slash forums or whatever. But you can't, like, pause the game because it's it's an always-on game. So if I don't know, if I, like, if your ship's fucking sinking mm-hmm. and you don't know that you have to go get some wooden planks and then patch the ship up because there are holes in it, you can't, like, go, like, you can't pause the game to fucking look it up on the forums. Yeah. Because yeah, your yeah. ship will then have sunk. Or like if you don't know that, like, uh, you can sail to an island or whatever if you want, but if you don't have a voyage that's telling you which island to go to, you're probably not going to get much out of it. So will you not find treasure on... Like, do maps not just tell you about where a treasure is? Or do, does, um, do maps actually generate treasure? Yeah, the second one. Ah. So, like, it's... Um, there's Basically, there's one world at the moment which has the same kind of islands on it. And you get voyages, which are basically quests that you buy from traders at the outposts. Um, and then it'll be like, it'll either give you like a riddle, like go to this island and walk 10 paces from this tree or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or it will give you a actual, like a picture map with X's on it that you have to match up with what the island looks like on your world map. Or it'll just say, go to this island and kill these skeletons and stuff. Once you get to the island um, and you like dig up the treasure... That treasure then exists for any other person in in the same server world. Okay. So then they can come and steal that treasure. 
but until you dig it up, it it both does and does not exist. Like Schrodinger's treasure. Hmm. Yeah, like I, I and I, if you don't have a voyage, you can still sail to an island. and You might find something, but it's not worth as much if you're not turning it into a voyage either. <laughs> it's it's just it's quite a high barrier because it's been in fucking alpha and beta for ages as well. So there's already people that are really good at it as well. True, but by all accounts, it hasn't changed an awful lot from at least beta anyway. Yeah, I think I think they need to do more to vary like what you do in the game. Because you are just doing the same thing over and over again. Unless you're doing it with fun people or you run into like some fun pirates that make an adventure, then it's it can get just very repetitive. Have you uh, fought a Kraken yet at all? No, Kraken's like a random event. You have to have a crew or a fully crewed galleon of four people and then the water uh-huh. will turn back and then these tentacles come up and you have to, you get quite a lot of loot, I think, for surviving the mission. If you actually defeat the Kraken, you get shitloads, but... Which is just a bunch of disembodied tentacles. As it we is, found yeah. Out. <laughs> tentacles that wrap around the ship. But no, I haven't done that yet. I've done All a right, fort. All right. I've done well. I've I've successfully done one fort and tried several forts. But. Is the like, is the game world? Would you say is is it big, meaty, or is it like is it the point where it's, oh how wait, many just... how many skyrooms is it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. All right. It's it's not. It's it's more that like, you will very quickly be sent to the same island again that you've already been to kind of thing. Oh, right, okay. It's, yeah. it's not... That's not really an issue, I guess. No, but it's, 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 it's big enough. It's just that you're just doing the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might be more mm-hmm. fun if you just sail about without any voyage. I don't know. It's, I just think it needs some... It just needs to vary what you do in it so that it's not just all about who you're with. Can you have any fun... Playing the game solo. Full stop. Full stop. Um, it's it's definitely harder to play it on your own because uh, you're in a smaller ship and you have to do several things at once. Right. Um, but it can be yeah, it can be fun. Like if it's just you and or you and someone else, like two people, and you have to like turn every lantern off on your ship so nobody will see you because if they see you heading to an outpost, they're gonna come and fucking sink you and steal your shit. Fair enough. So it's kind of like being like a rum smuggler, and you're like, fuck, nobody can see us. Turn into the wind. We need to get out of it. Like, <laughs> so yeah, you can, but it's definitely right. designed to play with people. Yeah, fun with others. Yeah, nice people, not the bad people that are. All yeah, there. nice people. <laughs> so I mean, it's not really like you are supposed to like attack other pirates and shit. It's just the fact, like, it just made me laugh that Rare were like, it's all about making friends and working together and everyone being nice. That's as not how as all the, as all the old pirates used to think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were almost a jill sandwich. It's me, Mario. Would you kindly listen? Let's go bowling. This is my favorite store on the Citadel. War never changes. Every week on the Video Gamer Podcast, I test the gaming knowledge of my colleagues with a simple game called Who Am I? I give five clues to the identity of a video game character. And you, Mike Harridance, and you, Alice Bell, must give me the correct answer. All you have to do is say stop, and then I'll give you, and then give me even, said answer. (laughs) Clue number one. My first appearance in a video game came in 1986, 1986. Clue number two. I have appeared in over 30 games in that time, with the most recent game launching this year. Clue number three. I'm mostly associated with a quadrilogy that began in 2009. Where did you begin in 2009? 
<laughs> clue number four. Hang on, I'm just thinking, will I swap those clues? Mm, no, actually. Clue number four. It took almost 50 years after I came on the scene for my first appearance in a video game. Ooh, okay. So first appearance was in 86. Okay, okay. And clue number five. I am a big fan of philanthropy, money, and making sure people don't find out about my true identity. Stop. Alice Bell. Batman. Bruce what? Wayne. Correct, on both counts, yeah. <laughs> and you know what's so strange? I was like, earlier, when you were mentioning, I was like, fucking hell. It's almost as if she knows. I was like, well, you mentioned Rocksteady and Batman earlier. I and did. To go through the clues, uh, clue number one, my first appearance in a video game came in 1986. It was the, the original Batman on Amstrad, MSX, Spectrum. Uh, clue number two, I've appeared in over 30 games in that time, the most recent game launching this year. Uh, like, it's over 30. I d- I was counting them. I was like, oh, what who cares? What was the cares? game that launched this year? Yeah, what was the game that launched this year? Bonus point. Yeah, oh, come on. <laughs> fuck off. Uh, it is. See, I didn't really know how to word this because it started last year and it finished. It actually finishes. Last of a Telltale game, surely. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's a Telltale uh, game. Uh, it didn't launch this year. It launched last year. No, but. It... For the recent episode. Lo- yeah. Okay, fine. Um, I'll allow you it. You got the point. So fucking. Clue number three, uh, mostly associated with Quadrilogy that began in 20, 2009. I was thinking that might throw you off because most people think of the Arkham games as a trilogy. Uh, clue number yeah. four, it took almost 50 years after I came on the scene for my first appearance in a video game. He was in Detective Comics number 27 in March 1939. And clue number five, I'm a big fan of philanthropy, money, and making sure people don't find out about my true identity as Bruce Wayne. I am Batman. Congratulations, Alice Bell. Yeah. Excellent. Stellar Thanks. work. I've been on a roll, mate. You have, yeah, yeah. Make sure you keep it up. It's just a revolving chair, I suppose, here of uh, people alongside you, and you keep keep knocking them down. So, how does Rich do when he's up against you? He usually beats me. The past few weeks, I've um, I've just been getting him right. It was it Isaac Isaac Clark uh, put me on the right right track. I think you did. Uh, Make them all literary references. QCO. QCO. Questions, comments, opinions? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It just came to me there. I could go down something like cocoa. 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 I suppose it'd just be cocoa. The um the new um tabletop role playing group I'm in is called the Bad Consequences, like the gang. And uh I now like refer to them as the TBQs, mm-hmm. even though it would be the TBCs, but because uh, that's what Johnny Kidini said one time by accident. The TBQs. And I think TBQs is quite good. Mm-hmm. It is pretty good. It is pretty good. Uh, but this is the part of the show where we give you a voice. Uh, you can email the podcast, podcast at videogamer.com or uh, every Tuesday on Twitter, we send out a call for questions, comments and opinions on twitter.com uh, on our Twitter account at videogamer.com and thankfully you answer us, which is nice. So Jack emailed and Jack said, Hello, yesterday I downloaded all five and a half hours of party banter from Dragon Age Inquisition to listen to like a podcast. What's the dumbest nerd thing you've done that you probably couldn't explain to a proper person? P.S. Love the podcast. Hope you all have a great day. Thank you, Jack. Oh, the fucking giant tattoos I have. Like, because I used to just explain and now I'm just like, yeah, it's a wolf. Whatever. Like, Probably easier, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because people <laughs> do that thing where they're like, oh, I really like your tattoo. What is it? And then if I go, like, well, it's specifically, it's based, uh, so it's a six-eyed wolf because of this thing in a video game. It's based on a love interest character in the video And they go, Ah! Oh, oh, right. oh, you cool, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. What's your tattoo? It's wolf. It's just a cool. It's a fucking cool wolf. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what's the dumbest nerd thing that you've done? Uh, well, I'm glad it says explain. You couldn't explain to a proper person. I'd probably say um, buying Japanese copies of a video game. But I can't play. But I just like to. I look wouldn't at. say is that the dumbest nerd thing. But yeah. so you I'm buy really... like the you can't play them. You just have them. I have them. Why? Because <laughs> I'm a collector. I collect like oh, Resident okay. Evil games. That's why. Oh, fair play. Yeah. Well, just um, collecting stuff is fine. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what about you, Callahan? Because you're a normal person. Yeah. Basically. Um, dumbest nerd thing. Probably have I have I I feel like I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I did deny about my dog yeah. naming the dog mailing. But that was probably <laughs> it. Actually, do you know what? Our job is quite difficult. Our uh, job is impossible to explain. Because I well, it's not impossible to explain, but it's just it's to again, understand. It's again, people go like, "Oh, cool, yeah," and then I'll go like, "Oh, do you like video games?" And they go, "No," but like, <laughs> sounds like a cool job. Yeah. Ex- yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because I used to say as well, like I went through a phase of like, like I can't really call myself a journalist because it's not like I'm a war correspondent or anything. So I'd say like, oh, I'm like a games writer. And then they say like, oh, so you write games? I'd be mm-hmm. like, no, less cool than that. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Well, like the new thing is that like, I've, like a load of people would be like, oh, so like you're a gamer. There's a bunch of people I met recently. And I was like, no. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sean asks, who's the worst video game villain that could become a cult leader? Worst video game villain that could become a cult leader. As in the worst, most awful bastard. I well, or, or the worst. I mean, yeah, t- take can... that for what you will. I'm going to say Bowser is the worst. As in, like, you're going to say Bow Wow there for a second. Bow- I was like, no. Lil Bow Wow. Yeah. No, Bowser as the in the sense that he's not. He's the worst villain in the sense he's not a very good he's villain. He's, yeah, he's a nep because he's always defeated. I mean, you just need to like. You know, if he's on a bridge, you just that's need to a, drop an axe. Answer. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like a king. He doesn't need to start a cult. Feel like... Yeah, I suppose. He has yeah. his minions already, he doesn't he? Yeah. Astrid asks, Colin, will real-life versions of weapons from video games being tested on you by the crew be a recurring series? Because on the one hand, I worry about your health and well-being, and on the other hand, it's fucking hilarious. So this, was, <laughs> this is to do with our Yakuza 6 Top 5 Weapons video that we did. I'd, I'd be alright if it did become a recurring series but the thing is a lot of games it's just have guns a and gun them. we uh, can't really shoot you shooting me is hard whereas Yakuza was okay because yeah there's bins and there's you know household items I suppose you could have but if something similar comes up again perhaps we might might do it again might, we'll call it a sporadic series that, perhaps I, I would yeah. say as well that, that whole shoot was just uh, you going like so probably hit me and then us going are you sure and you going yeah no re- like probably hit, hit me really yeah. I have to, you know, you gotta gotta suffer for your actions. I'd hit you in the head as well. Yeah, you did. Uh, I'd say you, which I think re- I did you, quite well. Re- yeah, you relished it. Smother him in mud. Um, <laughs> David Ayers asks, "Where is Richie Rich on the list of Macaulay Culkin films? Where is Richie Rich on the list of Macaulay Culkin? I don't know. Is he, yeah, did he make a list and then on. go? Where is Richie Rich? Let's look up Home Alone. Home Alone is oh, the, one. The, the first two Home Alones. What uh, was the the one in the hotel? Uh, uh, well, Home Alone too, but yeah. no. Well, um, what's the other thing I'm thinking of? Oh shit! Uh, okay, uh, Uncle Buck. Uncle, Uncle Buck is a good show. Yeah. Uh, Home Alone, my Home Alone Two, Lost in New York, Good Son, The Nutcracker, Getting Even with Dad. Uh, Richie Rich was '94, and then he sort of didn't do anything for a while. <laughs> no, he got into the, the, into the bad drugs. Mm. I don't. I'd, I'd say. 
almost by default, I would say it would be pretty high. Yeah. Potentially number four. Mm. Oh, what was the... I never... Um, a party people. The thing he did with Steve Coogan, wasn't it? I never actually saw ah. that, but that was apparently quite good. Where where does it rank, Mike? Where does Richie Rich rank in the Macaulay Culkin um, oh. top films list? Um, I'd say it'd be a top three for me, personally. Right. Yeah. Fair play. Yeah. yeah. So, I, you know, I enjoyed it. <laughs> and Jake asks, in Detroit Become Human, will there be a nod or... A press X to Jason or something similar. Absolutely not, because David Cage takes himself far too fucking seriously for that. Mm-hmm. There will be no jokes at David Cage's expense in any of oh, David no Cage's. Little, no little um, Easter egg then. Press X to Jason. Yeah, <laughs> un- unless unless it's hidden by someone in the, <laughs> someone in the team. someone in the de- development team. But like, he would never sign off on that. Because he takes all of his shit way too seriously. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, true. And do you know what? It's almost like you um, read our final question, Mike, because Ashley asks about Easter eggs. Uh, they say, hi, guys. Hope you are all well and love the show. With Easter nearly here, instead of tradition, uh, what are your favorite Easter eggs in a game? Mine are Psychomantis reading the memory card in MGS or Mason breaking out of his chair for cool free games on Black Ops 1. Oh, my God. There's... Jesus, there's just so many. Um, yeah, the, the, the Psycho Mantis one was great. Um, I'm trying to think of a... Oh, uh, uh, yeah, okay. Um, I liked... In Resident Evil 3, there is... In the streets, there is a poster in, on the movie theatre for Biohazard 4. I like that Easter egg. That was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that comes to mind that did make me laugh was actually in The Witcher 2. Uh, you can find, like, a dead assassin on a smashed... Can't oh, pay. Oh god! Yeah. And he's like fucking stupid assassins. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, actually. There was a nod, a Death Stranding nod in Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, where you collected all the items. I can't even remember what it was. It related to a quest or what? But you collected all the items uh, related to the first trailer. There's like a baby. Uh, or like a baby's head or something like that, like a toy baby's a, head. A or fetus. Just so many, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's just all these kind of different things. Oh, yeah, because like they used to say mention, didn't they? Decimal engine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was like, why would they put... Oh, yeah, there's a the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's kind of part of the contract, perhaps. Maybe not just... Maybe not an Easter egg. Maybe a contractual obligation. I'm not too sure. But that just about does it for this week's edition of the Video Gamer Podcast. Thank you very much, dear listener, for listening. Of course... If you would like to listen to more of us, uh, you can become a VGBG VIP by heading to patreon.com forward slash video gamer, where if you give us $4.50 a month, you can, you'll get this podcast a day earlier and uh, you get a little extended bit as well on top of that. And you get four monthly podcasts, uh, one wrestling, one CSI, one uh, game related, and one where we just kind of shoot shit, and that's this week's dialogue options. Now next week, you won't get it early, but you will get an extended bit because I am on holiday. Yes, holiday. Um, so yeah, but you'll you'll get it on Tuesday, on Wednesday, and you'll still get the extended bit. Uh, if you could review us on iTunes, that would be a delight. Five stars, please. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. I am at Colum underscore Hearn. And uh, you can follow Mike and Alice on Twitter and Video Gamer through Video Gamer's Twitter account. Uh, <laughs> Video Gamer is also on Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat at VideoGamer.com. And on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Video Gamer TV. But for 
all of your video gamer needs, just say to videogamer.com. Now it's time for my least favorite parish show. Yes, this is the parish show. I'm a bit of a listener. Adieu. So say goodbye, Mike Harridans. Cheerio. Say goodbye, Annis Bell. Bye, everyone. And say goodbye, Conor Mahern and Sloan Gafole. <laughs>